I want to extend my greetings to all of you wherever you are right now. I want to especially greet our friends in Cisco and our United Methodist Fellowship who also worship with us today and a part of our community. Welcome. Uh, as you uh, start the worship service here, I do encourage you to uh, register your attendance. And by that, you just let us know that you are here, you are present with us, you are worshiping with us. We have attendance pads on each side of the pews. There are those black pads. If you'll just sign your name and make sure that the person that sits next to you also has a chance to register. For the people that worship online, please use the tools of the platform that you choose to stream our worship service, whether it's comments or registration form. Let us know who is there. Let us know who is with you worshiping with us today. I have a few uh, announcements of wonderful opportunities that I wanted to highlight before we start our worship service. First of all, a lot of you today uh, approached me, in fact, and told me that you're looking for groups, you're looking for classes, you're looking for uh, small communities within our church where you can learn, you can get to know people, people get to know you, you can build relationships with each other, and we have a lot of these opportunities. Uh, for example, on every Wednesday evening, in person, and on Zoom, we have a Bible study at 6 p.m. every Wednesday. You can join us in room 350. You can go uh, on our website and look for Grow Bible Study, and there is a Zoom link there. Every lesson is self-contained, so don't worry that you are joining us in the middle of a series and you will not be able to connect or understand or you'll be missing some important information. Every Wednesday at 6 o'clock, you can join us and have a time of a lesson a time of discussion with people who also participate there and also participate in a prayer that we uh, always conclude our uh, Bible study with. Next Sunday, January 22nd at 9.30, we have our Pastries with the Pastors. Pastries with the Pastors is the special opportunity for people who are fairly new to our church to find out more about who we are. It's a conversation with the pastors next Sunday, our senior Pastor Lance Marshall is leading that discussion. We will meet in room 350 at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, we will talk about how we approach discipleship in our church. What are some of the opportunities that could be uh, very meaningful to you to engage with? And in the end of Pastries with the Pastors, we always have a group of people that go to the chapel that is located on the other side of our church campus. And uh, there is a ceremony of joining the church. If you haven't been baptized, that is where you have a chance of being baptized. And it's a celebration of what God has already done in your life. At this point, you already feel like this is your church. This is where you belong. This is the community that you have found. And this is where you want to continue to grow in your faith. And you want to celebrate it by becoming a member of this church. I encourage you to consider that. If that is you, if I'm speaking to you and you're like, yes, that's me, but I just never thought about signing up for anything or showing up anywhere for anything special. Next Sunday, pastries with the pastors at 9.30. We start in room 350, and then we go downstairs for the joining ceremony at the chapel. And then last announcement is February 26th is Cowtown Marathon. It's a great and wonderful event for all the people who love running. And it's an absolute disaster if you're trying to make it to church on Sunday at your normal time when you drive. It happens every single year, last Sunday uh, of February. And guess what? We're doing something new this time. We will actually participate in Cowtown Marathon as a church church. I mean, if you are one of the people who will be running, God bless you. You're doing great work. But we will also have a hydration station that our church will run through the entire marathon. Uh, we will be on 5th Street in Houston. It's the closest hydration station to us. It's going to be on the 10th mile of the marathon. We will be giving out hydration packages, and we will be there just cheering for people and being part of the community here in Fort Worth, celebrating this great event and being 
being visible and being loving and gracious. And uh, I encourage you to consider volunteering. If you think, hey, this is a Sunday that maybe I'll do that. I will be there, you know, giving out cups of water for people who just ran 10 miles and have more to go. After the worship service, right here is our on-ramp station. We will have here people who will have all of the information that you need to know, the ways for you to sign up. Pastor Brenda has this all planned and organized. Do that. Consider representing your church in this big community event that is happening right here outside the doors of our church and serving God in this way. So February 26, Cowtown Marathon, and our church will be present, and we will be blessing people. And now I invite you to stand up and join me for the call to worship. Today, we celebrate the special baptism, the baptism of Jesus of Nazareth. God says, look, see my chosen servant, the one in whom I utterly delight. I have placed my spirit on him. He will bring the true justice to the nations. When Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened up and the spirit came down like a dove. And there was a voice from heaven saying, this is my dearly loved son with whom I am delighted. The joy of the Lord be with you all and also with you. Amen.
what a beautiful Savior that we praise today. Let us stand together as we sing our opening hymn. Would you please remain standing as we affirm our faith together? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Please be seated. Baptism is a sacred time in the life of a church and in the life of a family. And so this morning I would invite the Dodson family to please come forward. Brothers and sisters in faith, baptism is a sign to us of the mercy and the love of God, reminding us that we do not come into this relationship with God on the basis that anything that we have done or anything that we have accomplished, but simply on the basis of God's gracious invitation of love toward us. Now, Dylan and Landon, y'all are old enough to answer these questions for yourself, so I'm going to ask you both the same questions at the same time, and you can answer me at the same time. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sins? If so, say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, all nations, and all races? If so, say, I do. And finally, according to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? If so, say, I will. Yeah, there you go. It gets tricky at the end. <laughs> Dylan, would you please kneel first right here at the altar? Put your knees on that cushion. Dylan, Anthony Dodson, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and pray God's richest blessings upon you now and every day of your life. Amen. Now would everyone please place a hand on his shoulders with me? Dylan Anthony, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you may live as a faithful disciple of your Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, Dylan, you can stand. And Landon, it's your turn, if you'll kneel right here. Landon Lewis, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and pray God's richest blessings upon you now and every day of your life. Amen. Would you please place hands on him with me? Landon, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you may live as a faithful disciple of your Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Landon and Dylan, as you both now stand and face the congregation, know that you're never on this journey alone. Your faith is never something you do by yourself. You always have your family, but you always have your church. And now together as a church, let us join together as we affirm and receive these gentlemen together. With God's help, we will so order our lives after the example of Christ that Dylan Anthony and Landon Lewis, surrounded by steadfast love, may be established in the faith and confirmed and strengthened in the way that leads to life eternal. Amen. Gentlemen, congratulations. Thank you, gentlemen. You can have a seat. Thanks. Congratulations. the children to come down for our time together. Kids, come join me.
Hi, friends. Welcome, welcome. I'll scoot down. I'll center myself more. Come on. Yeah. Good morning. Well, I love being in the sanctuary. When I was, when I first started coming here, it was so big and it was a little bit much, but the more I looked around, the more I love this room because the stories just literally come off the walls. It, it, they're everywhere we look, there are stories, and we're going to find one of those today. So first thing we have to do is sharpen our listeners and our lookers through a story, and you have a part. So every time I say listen, I want you to cup your hands right behind your ears just like that. Yeah. And whenever I say look, I want you to make binoculars. So like that. So listen. And look. Here we go. You ready? All right. Listen to the good news about Jesus. Listen to the words of God from the prophet Isaiah. Listen. I am sending a messenger to prepare a way for you. He will be in the desert shouting, prepare the way of the Lord. Listen, the messenger's name is John the Baptist. Look, what an interesting man. His clothes are made out of camel hair. Look, he's eating grasshoppers and wild honey. Everybody go, yum, grasshoppers. <laughs> right. Listen to what John the Baptist is saying. Turn back to God and be baptized. Tell God you're sorry for wrong things you've done. Look, someone is coming. Look, his name is Jesus. Listen, Jesus wants John to baptize him. Look, when Jesus is baptized, a dove came down. Listen, Jesus heard God's voice saying, you are my son whom I dearly love. In you, I find happiness. So did you hear that last part? Did God say, oh, finally, we can wash all the sin off of him? Is that what God said? No, God said, this is my son whom I dearly love. In him, I find happiness happiness. That's the way God feels about us. That's the way God feels every time someone is baptized. Like when Dylan and Landon were just baptized, that was God's way of saying almost, I am so proud of you. Not because of anything that you've had to do, but you're you. And I love you very much. That's what that means. It's not about being all washed because we're all so dirty. God made you. You're a child of God. It's God's special way of saying that, that you make God so happy. And do you remember what came down from heaven when God said that? Do you remember what kind of animal? Was it an elephant? It was a dove. So I was telling you earlier about how these walls tell stories. Last week, we talked about the wise men and how they followed the star. Do you remember where in the sanctuary our star is? See if you can look behind you and find the star. Do you see it up there? Right above the cross? Now look what's right beside the cross. What animal is that? Is that a, is that a killer whale? It's a dove. Do you see it? That's God's Holy Spirit in the form of a dove telling us this same story, this wonderful story about how you are loved simply because you're you. You know, my, my hero is Mr. Rogers, and I didn't learn about this from the Bible first. I learned about it first from Mr. Rogers. He used to always look right at us when we were watching, and he would say, you know, I like you, not because of anything you do, but by just your being you. And that's the way God feels about you. And your whole church family is so proud of you, not because of trophies you win or races you run or grades you get, but because you're a child of God and because you're you. And thank God for that. If you're going to join me upstairs, come meet me right at that door.
Cotton All Loves Excelling. Good morning. I'm Betsy Alexander. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, updated edition, and I invite you to read along in your own Bible or in one of the Pew Bibles in front of you. Our scripture is on page 2 in the New Testament of the Pew Bible. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair, and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. 
But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance, and do not presume to say unto yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able to, from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I and I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. God speaks to us through the reading of scripture. Thanks be to God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Betsy. Before we consider today's scripture reading and today's message, I want to extend words of gratitude, of course, to our music ministry for leading us in worship. Thank you so much to our hospitality team for welcoming us on a campus, making sure particularly our new visitors and friends found where they're trying to go. For everyone who's in ministry with children and youth and adult discipleship, thank you so much. Thank you to our tech team for connecting us online here and around the world. I'm thankful for the work that you do. So, Jinya mentioned very briefly earlier the volunteer opportunity with the upcoming marathon that's taking place at the end of February. And I just want to share with you that I've been a part of this church for 10 years. I know some of you have been here even longer than that. And one of the things that's been the case for my 10 years of Marathon Sunday is just looking at it as like, man, how am I going to get to church? I mean, this thing circles the church on three different sides, and that's the truth. One of the ways we typically communicate on Marathon Sunday is, look, here's how you can actually get to church that day, because we do have all of our normal services and programs, and we'll continue to communicate that over the course of this year as well. But one of the things this year we're trying to think very deeply about is, how do we be a presence of evangelism and love and blessing and service to the community around us? And one of my great goals is that it would be impossible for there to be a party thrown in downtown Fort Worth without the people of First Church being there just to love and to accept and to bless, expecting nothing in return, all the people who come by. And so when we invite you to serve at the water station, that's a way for you to do that, to be a part of the party, to help people to experience literally a cup of cold water in their time of need, because I'm pretty sure mile 10 is about a time you really need some water. And it's a chance for you also to be a part of making sure that people understand that this church is alive and vibrant and full of love. So after the service here at the on-ramp, it's going to be a place for you to sign up. We need 30 volunteers to fill that station. It's going to be a blast. The day before, there is an expo where people go to pick up all their supplies, and we're going to have a prayer station there. We're going to be praying with and for the 60,000 people that come through that expo because people are going to be coming through there with injuries, worries, concerns, family issues, and we want to make sure sure that there's a church there to hold them up, to lift them up, and to pray with them. So I'm so thankful for our leaders who have made this possible. I hope you'll consider being a part of our church, continuing to reach out and love all of the city of Fort Worth with our grace and our hospitality. So 
I want to talk a little bit about our scripture reading today. And this scripture reading is about Jesus, but in order to understand what it is that Jesus is doing and what it is that Jesus is signifying, we need to talk a little bit more about John the baptizer. And you may have been coming to church your entire life and you've always heard him described as John the Baptist, but I don't think that's the best way to describe what he's doing because when you call him John the Baptist, it makes it sound like he's a Christian Baptist. It sounds like he graduated from Baylor or like he lives up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania or something like that. That's not who he is and that's not what he's doing. Do y'all remember the Angels of Christmas sermon series that we just did? Zechariah, a priest, one of the people of Israel, is there at the altar, the Holy of Holies, making his sacrifice. And he and his wife have not been able to have children. The angel Gabriel arrives and says, you will have a child and his name will be John and he will have this special ministry. He'll have a ministry of proclamation. He'll have a ministry of calling their people to repentance. That child that was yet to be born and that scripture reading has now grown up to be John. And John has a message and John has a work to do. And there's some very important points in that scripture that are easy for us to overlook if we're not hearing them in the exact same way that the original audiences would. When people hear that he's out in the wilderness, that he's out in the desert. Remember, when I think wilderness, I always think of like a forest or something like that. I mean, he's in the desert. No trees, no shelter. He's out there and he's not well-dressed. He's wearing camel's hair clothing and he's surviving on locusts and wild honey. The people who originally hear that would have understood he's living in poverty. And he's living in poverty intentionally. He's pushing away all of the resources, all of the world, and the ways in which it might compromise his message. Because he has a special message of confession and repentance. He's calling the world to change their hearts and to change their ways and to return to right relationship with God. Now, when he's doing that, he's falling in line with the prophets who've come before him generation after generation. Over and over again, we see in the Hebrew Bible that God has communicated God's word to God's people through these prophets. Remember, a prophet doesn't mean predicting the future. A prophet means bringing the word of God to God's people. That's what prophets do. John is a prophet just like the prophets who've come before him, but he's got a twist on it. He's got something different. And this freshness, this new presentation is incredibly powerful to crowds. Not only is he speaking in a way that no one has in over 400 years, bringing this fresh word from God, but he's giving them something to do about it. His baptism isn't a baptism in the same way that we have a Christian baptism. His baptism is a chance for people who've confessed and repented and recommitted their lives to God to actually have a moment in time, this sign act that helps solidify it in their heart. that This is what they're actually doing. And he's not doing this ministry for his own sake. It's a divinely appointed, God-given ministry foretold by another prophet, Isaiah, to help prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. He's not just there to be a prophet. He's there to set the stage for the one who's next and the one who's greater. I want to talk a little bit about what it is that John the baptizer is saying and doing and calling people to participate in. I want to talk a little bit about the concept of confession and repentance. If you've come to a Methodist church over the course of your life, you've most likely experienced the sacrament of Holy Communion. And in our liturgy of Holy Communion, every single time, there's a portion of confession. We acknowledge that we have failed to love God with our whole hearts, that we failed to be an obedient church, that we failed to live perfectly in the ways of following God. And confessions aren't about beating ourselves up or being ugly toward ourselves. Confessions are about finally being honest, finally being truthful, finally opening up and acknowledging what it is that God already knows. Confessions about not hiding anymore. And it's the first step to healing. I really love going on spiritual retreats. I love spiritual retreats. I love being stepping away from the busyness of everyday life and just focusing on my personal relationship with Christ. I'm going on one in just a few weeks, a five-day retreat during the workday, and I can't wait to be a part of it. Almost a year ago, I went on another spiritual retreat. It was a four-day silent retreat. And when you have four kids between the ages of four and ten, a four-day silent retreat, mwah, 
bless you, Lord Jesus. And I loved this retreat. It was a great retreat. And it, was a, it was open to Christians of all kinds, all denominations, all backgrounds. However, it was run by a Catholic order, by the Jesuit priests. So it was a very Catholic-influenced retreat. And I have appreciation for a bunch of elements from that tradition, so I enjoyed the tre- retreat. But like most Catholic practices, there were some things that were really kind of just for Catholics, and that was quite all right. And one of the things that they were doing over the course of this retreat was they were offering confession. So... I've never been a part of confession because I've never been a Catholic. But I was talking to one of the priests who led it, and he knew that I was a Protestant, and he knew that I was a Protestant minister, and yet he still talked to me, so I appreciate that. (laughs) And we were talking about confession, and I said, you know, nothing really exists like that as a ritual in our church, but it's interesting. And he said, well, I invite you to participate. It's just a chance to talk. And so that's what we did. On one of the nights of the retreat, I went and participated in confession. And, you know, most of us have seen television. We kind of know what a confession looks like, but this didn't take place in that cool little booth with the slidey door. I was a little disappointed. I wanted to do the booth thing. It didn't happen. I just met him in his office there at the retreat center, and he was a wonderful man, just a good soul, a kind heart, and I don't really don't remember how it started, but he basically said something like, what do you want to say? And so I just started to acknowledge the things that weigh heavy on my heart, I acknowledge the things that I've done and the things that I've left undone. I acknowledge the gap between who I am and who I could have been. That's my sin. Lance's sin is the gap between who I am and who I could have been. And that includes today, and that includes yesterday, and that includes 10 years ago, and that includes tomorrow and time yet to come. And so over the course of that time, I just shared, just unburdened myself, just spoke honestly about where I'm really at. And that's all it was, was just being honest with someone who I could trust to listen with a caring heart. From one man who loves God to another man who loves God, this is where I'm struggling. This is where I'm hurting. This is where I'm at. That's all confession is, just being honest. Now, if you're part of a Catholic tradition, they have an end to that sacrament where they'll do something of kind of an absolution, etc., but I'm not Catholic. So at the end, he pretty much said, well, good luck with all that. Uh, We've gone over time uh, a little bit, but good luck. And that's quite all right, because I did not need to hear him say that I'm forgiven because I know from where my forgiveness comes. But that process of confession is just a step to healing, and it turns to repentance. Repentance is returning, reoriented, refocus on the way that I am to live, the way of God, the way that leads to real healing, the way that leads to real happiness for me and for my family, the way that leads to real health, to real success, to actual life worth living. It's a confession, an acknowledgement, a laying down, and a returning in the right direction. And that's what John the baptizer is offering, like the many, many who have come before him, tied with this ritual act of of purification, a sign act to actually help you really recognize what it is that's happening in your life. And all of that is a preparation for the one who is to come. John says it himself, I'm baptizing with water, but one who is far greater than me is coming, and he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And remember, the imagery of fire here is not about destruction or consumption. It's about refinement and purification. I baptize you with water. He's going to baptize you with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and a fire that refines and purifies. That's who I am, and that's who he is. And Jesus shows up. And ask for himself to be baptized. Jesus' ministry is just starting. He hasn't preached yet. He hasn't worked miracles yet. It's just now beginning. And the first thing he says he needs is to be baptized by John, his cousin. John says, what do you mean? Everything I'm doing is to prepare the way for you. You're so much greater than me. I can't even carry your sandals. In their world, the disciple, a student, a follower, would do everything for their teacher, anything their teacher asked, but the teacher would never ask them to touch their sandals. That was considered so beneath them, only a non-Hebrew slave would ever even be asked to do something like that. John says, I'm not even worthy of that. That's how much greater you are than me. And Jesus says, this needs to be done. Not because he has anything for which he must confess. And not because he has anything from which he must repent. 
but rather he is connecting and taking on and honoring the work of John the prophet and all the prophets who have come before them and all of their work of proclaiming the good news of God and the purposes of God and the righteousness of God and their calls for confession and repentance. And in his baptism, Jesus takes on and honors all of that. And when he comes from the water, he is newly committed and completely takes on the ministry for which the Father has appointed him. And that is not just pronouncing the good news, but saving, reconciling, and redeeming all people everywhere. When Jesus comes out of the water, he's not another prophet calling people to confess, inviting people to repent. He's the Messiah. He's God's son. And that moment is the mark of the beginning of his work, not just to proclaim, but to protect and to purify all the people of the world. And he's not just a Jewish prophet with a word from the Jewish God to the Jewish people. He is the son of God for all people everywhere. And that's what starts at that exact moment. I've always thought of John the baptizer and the other prophets who've come before them. These people who are always calling people to repent is kind of like shepherds. You know this shepherd imagery goes all throughout scripture. And I kind of feel like John the baptizer and the other prophets are kind of like shepherds who are watching sheep go astray. And they're just yelling at the sheep. You stupid sheep! Go back in your pen. You stupid sheep. It's not safe out there. That's the way where cliffs lie, where wolves are, where the river is. They're just yelling at the sheep. Sheep, stop. Recognize what you're doing. Turn around and go back. That's the work of those prophets, and it's meaningful work. But for the first time ever in Jesus, we have a shepherd Messiah who doesn't just proclaim, who doesn't just call out, who doesn't just invite people to turn back, but who goes and gets them. And that's the difference. And when Jesus goes into the water and comes back up and begins this ministry of a proclamation of God's good news and the working of miracles and healing and the enduring of the pain of the cross and the glory of the resurrection, he doesn't just do it for them. All of his ministry, all of his teachings, all of his miracles, all of his work, the crucifixion and the resurrection, all of it is with you in mind. This is the beginning of everything he does, and everything he does is for you, and for you, and for you, no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done or left undone, the proclamation of God's love, the work of the gospel, and the presence of Christ is for you. It starts then, and it's here right now. Let us pray. Great and loving God, great are you and greatly to be praised. Today, O oh Lord, we praise you for the ministry of your son, Jesus the one who succeeds the work of John the baptizer, a great prophet who proclaims confession and repentance and turning to be a part of the kingdom of God, who takes that message and makes it actually possible, who goes beyond warning us or chastising us and instead pursues us, finds us, heals us, provides for us. Lord, we give you thanks that in Christ we have much more than a prophet or a teacher. We have a Messiah our Savior. Lord, help us follow his footsteps. Help us be healed by his grace. Help us trust in his name now and every day. And it's together as his people. We pray the words that he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
With grateful hearts, we come to this time of giving, and we come to be giving of our tithes and our offerings as our ushers come forward. And I want to remind you of the ways in which your tithes and offerings go into the ministries of this congregation, from children to youth to adults. And um, today I want to just highlight one of those ministries, and that is our senior adult ministry. This is a very lively and fun group of people um, with a lot of new people joining in. Game nights, trips, um, socializing together. It's been a wonderful ministry and we're very appreciative of that. If you want more information, that's on our website. We hope that some of you who are eligible uh, will be able to participate in that. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we ask your blessings upon these gifts that we give, that they may be served service to your kingdom, a kingdom of goodness and compassion and love. Amen. As I went down to the
I want to take a moment and welcome uh, not just all of you, but especially welcome people who are guests here with us today. It may be your first time here. We would love to give you a gift just as a token of our appreciation that today on this Sunday morning, you chose to come here and worship with us. We have an on-ramp station right here on the side in front of the sanctuary. After the worship service, come up, meet our volunteers there, receive your gift. We also have a gift for your kids if they are here in worship with us. This is also the place where you can find out about the opportunities like volunteering for the marathon or connecting with any groups or other ministries in our church. There is another special person that is standing right here that's Avi, and he's part of our congregational care ministry. Every time in the end of the worship service, we have the representative of this ministry who wants to pray with you if you are going through something and you just need somebody to hear you as Pastor shared with us, was very meaningful to him, and also to pray with you. Pray for you, pray for people who are um, on your heart today. So Evie is right there, and he is ready uh, to uh, talk with you and pray with you after the service. Peace, hope, love, and joy forever accompany you. Amen. Thank you. 